You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne and this is Kilcullen Diary. One of the early Kildare events for National Heritage Week 2022 was a presentation by conservation experts on the 15th century Tower House in the grounds of Moon Abbey House just outside the village of Moon. The structure is what is known as a ten-pound house, a small defensive castle which the then authorities required landowners to build against what were called Irish marauders. In this locality, these were the O'Toole clan. The ten-pound epithet came from the fact that a grant for that sum was given to defray the costs involved. The Tower House was built before the monastery with which the lands were associated was suppressed in the 16th century. The lands and the tower were then given to the Jacobite O'Dempsey family, who were supporters of King James II. He, however, was subsequently replaced by William of Orange, and the property eventually was given to a Cromwellian soldier, Thomas Ashe. By 1750, the present Moon Abbey House was built by the Yates family. The tower was then converted into a dovecote with many hundreds of nesting boxes constructed inside. And in those times, having such a pigeon house was evident of high status and wealth. Moon Abbey House today is owned by Jenny and Carl Matuska, and earlier this year they received a grant of €27,857 from the Community Monuments Fund, established in 2020 to provide investment in Ireland's archaeological heritage. At their Heritage Week event today, Jenny Matuska told me how, while growing up as neighbours to the Matuska family, she was always very aware of the tower and its place in her local landscape, and as a place where she could play, have picnics and climb. My husband's family came here in the late 50s, when a lot of Germans were leaving Germany because of the Cold War, and Ireland was seen as a safe safe place. It was also a cheap place. I think they they bought the, the the farm and the house was thrown in, so the tower was certainly thrown in. Nobody wanted big old empty buildings. Um, so for all of Carl's life, for my life, because we were neighbours, um, we, we played up there. So it's just part of the fabric of, of Moon Abbey and this historical site. And every year I find out something new. It only occurred to me about five years ago that this whole site is terraced from the river, that probably the river was straightened and that every kind of 10 meters is another step so you've got the river coming up to here and there's a step and then another one the back of the house is the ground floor at the back is the basement at the basement at the front is the ground floor at the back whatever so it's stepping up into this up to the top to where the high cross is so you've got a 6th century monastery a 9th 10th century high cross a 15th century tower house an 18th century house and a 20th century farmyard. So as children you don't think of heritage and heritage value or anything like that, it's just a tower you played in, it's whatever else was around the place. How did it grow on you as something to be cherished perhaps? Um, Well the house and gardens were open to the public under section 482, so which is the properties of architectural and archaeological interest. So we've always had an awareness that, that this is a very special site. We're not allowed to dig a hole without directly consult, consulting with the Minister for the Environment within half a mile of here. 
Um, when they did the bypass up in Moon, they found a 3000 BC cyst tomb up there. So it's a very, very old inhabited area. Um, and then the people who came under the section 482 were open for 60 days of the year. And people who come to look at old houses are usually very interested and have a lot of knowledge. So people tell you stuff. And as time goes on, you know, I, I, I give my potted history and it's usually wrong. Somebody can tell me something much more accurate. So, yeah, we just learned to value it. And now my children are all gone. I've got time to value it more. Over recent years, Jenny had become aware that the tower was increasingly deteriorating and would need attention if it was to be preserved. When the Community Monuments Fund was established, she and Carl, with the help of a team of specialist architects and related experts, put in an application for a grant. Jenny says they were very surprised when they were told in April that they'd been given the full amount requested. Since then, there have been a number of site visits to the tower, as structural engineering consultant Lisa Eden told me. What I do as a conservation engineer, um, uh, I'm a structural engineer first and foremost, but it's my chance to get to meet up with archaeologists and working with them and, and actually, fit, and especially after COVID, actually, actually seeing them play face to face sitting around Jenny's table um, then on our first after our first site visit and all throwing in our tuppence's worth um, and it's like a time team sort of uh, a collaboration um, where you are we are sparring off each other you know when I hear some of the, the key dates get of coming out then I can I can get some of the idea of the phasing of the building. Um, you know, might understand some of the damage, you know, if there's been wars or fires or this sort of thing. And it's all super exciting. So meeting together and getting an hour or two face-to-face with the structure, face-to-face with each other, um, having all done a little bit of desktop uh, research first is great. Then, then it tends to be more silo work where we go off and I'll start writing my report and somebody else will start digging around in national archives and things like that. And then come around back together again when we've started getting through or have got drafts of our outputs. Um, So you're on the way. What are the highlights of what you found so far? um, I've learnt so much about dovecuts and dovecut history. Um, So I've I've already looked at a number of tower houses um, and so I thought I was relatively okay with tower houses I've still learnt more on this one just digging around in in terms of timing and and just then applying timing of 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 when different tower houses were built and how they were funded so this one for instance was funded we believe on the 10 pound grant um, because it's the dating that Kira and her team are digging up would correspond with, with when that grant was around and also the size of the tower corresponds with it meeting the requirements of that initial £10 grant. Funny what I was thinking actually when we were here talking about the Community Monuments Fund isn't it funny, you know, it was first built off of a grant and now we're coming around to where we are now and um, the government's giving you a grant to actually find out more about it and if you did apply for the next one, uh, say the Stream 1 mm. one, to actually do some repairs not a full rebuild, yeah. the, the grant's not big enough for that yeah. But um, you know, to build a tower house, but certainly significantly repair one. And what's the potential for the, assuming that you get the relevant grants and the relevant funding that's needed, what's the potential for uh, restoring the tower? Well, the, it will only ever be restored as a ruin. 
Um, but what we need to do, and that's what Jenny alluded to, is that in the last sort of 10 to 20 years, she's seen the deterioration speeding up. And we have a duty of care around our national monuments is to preserve them for the next generations. This is part of the heritage and that's what we're, we're trying to do and that's what Jenny's initiated, Jenny and Carl have initiated. Lisa Eden, who has had over 30 years experience in designing solutions for the stabilisation and restoration of buildings. These have ranged from ruined medieval churches, lighthouses, bridges and stately homes. The consultant with the job of pulling together the different strands of the Moon Tower House project is Kira O'Flynn, whose background is archaeology and who specialises in built heritage. She says she's already learnt new things from this project. I'm just very interested in this, looking at this from a slightly wider perspective, looking at the abbey, looking at the tower, looking at the river, looking at the house and the iterations of the house. So I, I'm always very interested in sort of the continuum that's going on. And this is such a fascinating, it's so rich here in terms of what was going on, the type of people that were here, the activities that were going on. I'm looking to this building and I'm wondering the, the various different interventions when they happened and what they mean in a sort of wider cultural context. One of those interventions was the introduction of the dovecotes mm. and uh, what was the significance of dovecotes? Well, this is it and it's kind of grim, you know, like, and, and it's something that I'm only learning as well with this particular project was the importance of doves as a source of food. Uh, we'd often see them associated with monasteries. Um, there's a beautiful example of a dovecote outside uh, Buttevant um, with the, the Augustinian friary there. And, you know, I've seen them for years and often wondered, why do they have dovecotes? And it's only with this project that I'm really getting up to the cold face of the reality, the grim reality of it, and that they were often just as a source of food. Yes, it seems that they were quite the delicacy as food in the 18th century. Kira had earlier told me they were harvested from the dovecotes before they had started to fly and were still quite plump and tender. They were known as squabs and the size of your dovecote was a reflection of the position to which you'd reached in the aristocracy pecking order. Needless to say, there are no squabs in the tower house today, nor have there been for a long, long time. Nor is restoring the birds to the dovecote part of the conservation plan. My thanks to Jenny, Lisa and Kira for giving me their time when I dropped into their event today. As always, and as they said they had, I learnt a lot. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary. Thank you for listening.